Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, episode 13. We're now on lucky 13, everybody, and thanks for sticking around. If you uh, heard our E3 episode and perhaps you're not into games, thanks for sticking around. We're going to get back to our normal presentation this week. I'm joined by James. What up? And Mondo. Hi, Mondo. All right. Well, Mondo, what you been up to? Um, went to another PWG event uh, last week, and this was really awesome. Um, I got to meet uh, one of my favorite uh, Bullet Club members, uh, Marty Scroll. Got to take a uh, took a photo with him uh, right before the event started. So it was like really really cool. You do like a quick meet and greet with uh, all the independent wrestlers there uh, before the show begins. So that was awesome. Although uh, I do hate waiting eight hours under the hot sun though, but you know. I uh, reserved my spot. Other than that, the show was great. We had like Sammy Callahan and uh, a bunch of others. A uh, big notice uh, or a big note was uh, James Franco was actually in attendance. But since uh, everybody was having a good time, I didn't notice, you know, or I didn't know. <laughs> I found that out through a uh, a friend, uh, Rooney. He uh, posted on his Twitter account and also on Facebook, like, hey, this guy was here. I was like, wow. Well, sometimes those uh, celebrities just want to go and enjoy without having to be noticed. Yeah, and I'm sure they don't wait the eight hours. I mean, that's the thing that kind of gets me on these. I, it looks like so much fun, but man, I don't want to be waiting around that long. I'll hold on to your spot, guys. Just let me know. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, I got a chance to check out the new Galaxy of the Guardians ride that opened Ooh, up nice. at Disney's California Adventure. Surprisingly, when we went, there wasn't too long of a line. When this ride first opened, it was about, I guess, a seven-hour wait time. A little bit less than your PWG line, <laughs> average PWG wow. line, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, right. And for a lot less entertainment. Yeah. A lot less entertainment. Like, do that. <laughs> for us, it was about one hour. It's really fun. So basically, this you know they plug in like this uh, 70s soundtrack and then just immediately shoots you up. Uh, Tower of Terror does more setup in, in where they you go through different floors and there's like a little video and it's a free fall. In this particular one, the moment uh, you get in the seat, it immediately shoots you up. So it's right off the bat. It, I wouldn't say it's as scary or as... Um, I guess thematic as Tower of Terror, but it's a whole lot of fun. And apparently, every it's every time you go, it's a different music and a different set of scenes that you see within within the ride. So it adds a little bit of replay replay value. Um, I don't know if I'd be willing to wait another uh, like two three hours the same day, but you can always get a fast pass and come back later. But it it was an awesome ride, highly recommended. Cool. It's not a PWG waiting in line kind of entertainment when there's like nothing to do. <laughs> I mean, it has uh, the waiting in the sun portion out there. You can work on your tan. Oh, find that interesting. But it's not that long outside. It's uh, you, once you get inside, is it's pretty nice. But there's only a small portion of the outside line that's uh, in the sun. But it's a little bit shielded. There's uh, little covers, but they they're not the type that's completely solid. So sun can still seep through and touch your skin if you're sensitive to that. All right, and that's the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disney's California Adventure over here in Anaheim, California. All right, well, uh, me, I was at a wedding this weekend, so I really didn't get to do too much. But uh, I did arrive just in time to watch Money in the Bank. I think we all saw this. And uh, this one was notable for its, number one, being a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. And also for having the first ever women's Money in the Bank. And let's just jump right into that one. Uh, This was a much-hyped match. They had a little video package in the beginning where they were just kind of talking about the importance of this match and how far women have come. And are you sure it was just one video? I felt like it was like three, like, and they were all back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, guys, this thing did not live up to that legacy. And look, I know wrestling is scripted. 
But when you have something that you're really trying to push where it has an importance, like, can you have a woman actually get the damn Money in the Bank briefcase? Because those of you that didn't watch uh, James Ellworth, which is uh, Carmela's uh, assistant or valet, if you will, he came there, he grabbed the ladder and just basically chugged it down at uh, Carmela and she ended up winning. And uh, it just even the finish itself, if that's what they were going with, the refs were in the middle of discussing it. And then because James Elworth announced that it was a winner, they kind of stopped discussing it and they let it happen. There was no kind of uh, follow through on that. So that just a huge missed opportunity. Uh, what did you guys think about this? I think it was more of a shock value towards the end. I mean, they had, look, the match itself was great. Just the ending was a little bit, um, let's just say it was not well received. Um, because you know what? Honestly, there are no rules. I think, uh, was it JBL who said that? There are no rules in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. So anybody yeah. can, you know, pretty much get their hands on the briefcase. So there were, I believe they wanted a shock value. Like, oh my God, this isn't happening, but it is. But it wasn't well received from the fans because honestly, like you said, this is something that was hyped up. Um, you know, you build weeks and weeks for this uh, once in a lifetime kind of thing. And if you're setting the the trend to this women's, you know, and they keep using this repeatedly, and I'm and I'm pretty sure they they got to learn when to stop a uh, women's revolution of wrestling. Um, then yeah, by all means, have a female wrestler go up the ladder and retrieve the briefcase. Yeah, I agree with uh, everything Mondo said. It just uh, it's weird. It's they like you mentioned, it's hyped up to be this very big event for women's. Uh, just in general, they never get this opportunity to have these kind of matches. And it was, I get the storyline reasoning for it, like the ending. I, it just, I think maybe executed a little odd. It was a very cool surprise that Carmella won, which is nice. But it was would have been nicer to see if she did it on her own. Um, but I could see the whole storyline reasoning of why James Ellsworth had to get it. Um, it's like, it was, it was, it was a hit, a, hit and miss at the same time yeah. for me. Like, I would have been fine with Carmella winning, and even if James Ellworth helped her to win, what if he carried her on his shoulders and shields? Right, just and she, yeah. yeah, a woman's hand needed to be the first one to touch that thing. And, and guys, I feel like they actually heard the negative feedback. Maybe this is just me guessing. And that's why they're essentially going to hit the reset button on this. And next week on SmackDown, they're going to do this over. Sweet. Yeah, they, another uh... free pay-per-view match. <laughs> yeah. um, let, let's hope so. I mean, they... I'll be honest, these uh, female wrestlers, they took a, a lot of high risk. You know, we, we're not, you know, accustomed to seeing them take, you know, blows with ladders mm -hmm. or any other type of foreign objects. But, I mean, these five women took their fair hit of, of shots or their – I can't even say it right now. <laughs> I really like how they uh, uh, built up Tamina too. They made her look strong, which yep. is how she should be. They booked her really well on that. Uh, too bad she didn't win, um, but I like what they're going with their character, making him kind of a dominant force in there, as she should be. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. All right. And uh, I, I think another notable one for me, just because it wasn't very good, <laughs> was the Naomi versus Lana SmackDown Women's Championship. You didn't like it? No. She's terrible. Mm. And uh, it showed. And okay. I, I think, um, you know, did she do better than I thought she would? Yes. But I honestly feel like this takes us back to the days of the diva wrestlers. And, and we're past that, guys. Uh, as okay. we were constantly reminded, the women's revolution let, is constantly me, going on. Let me ask you this. Yes. Better or worse than Eva Marie? <laughs> I'm going to say worse. I'm going to say worse. Wow, worse. Wow. Okay. You know why? Because you know, I'm a sucker for the presentation. And she comes in with the flare gown. 
and uh, I like her finisher. It's pretty, it's pretty legit uh, entrance music too. Yeah, love that saxophone. I, yeah, and I <laughs> like her finisher. Wait, whose entrance is a? Uh, is do you like? Lana's. No, 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 no. That's a corny song. That's a corny totally song, dude. I, that's the, that's the cornier, the better to me. <laughs> that that saxophone just touches my heart. So I'm all in. Oh man, this is like straight to video kind of music that you get right there. All right, I do well, agree. I do did find it was the worst match of the whole event, but I didn't think it was like the worst match ever. Uh, of course, uh, Lana could have been a lot better in her wrestling ability. She she probably can only you know, get better from here. And at least it was a start, at least getting to see what she's capable of, which is not much at this time, but she has potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what other matches did you guys like? You know what? Um, actually, I'll be honest, guys. Um, I just started watching some of the pay-per-view while I was at work. Um, I just had a pretty long uh, weekend as well. So um, I did like the, uh, what was it? The New Day versus... Usos. Day one ish, the Usos. Yes. That was actually that, that was a, a great, great match. Great match solid. again. That was very solid. Again, yeah. just like uh, awkward ending to it. But that's cool though. That's it's, it's kind of building up to something, and I hope yes. we get to see more of this. You know, I agree. More of that, more storytelling. So uh, weird ending, but in the end, you know what? They're trying to tell a story, so I, I did like the uh, overall match. I agree. I I found that match to be the best non you know main event match uh, on the card o- over there, and. You know, even though I know you guys like to talk a lot of trash about the Usos, they're probably I one do. of the best uh, classic tag team, like pure tag team, uh, you know, wrestlers or performers out there. They're great at being just a tag team and, you know, doing their... Same thing with New Day. New Day is also pretty good at that. And I liked all the false finishes this match. Uh, they have, they, they seem to have great chemistry with each other. And I understand that uh, the ending as well, while uh, technically for... As fans, it's lame in a sense that there was never a like a pure, uh, a clean win or anything mm-hmm. like that. But at least it moves the storyline, makes them both look strong. Uh, I totally dug this match. Uh, yeah, and that's just Mondo that doesn't like the Usos. I actually I, like I don't like them as faces. I like them as heels, guys. I, you do? Hey, okay. I, I can do so one eating. Okay. I kept saying I'm day one-ish or day one-ish. <laughs> what is day one-ish? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're all on board. And I kind of – I like their get-up, their outfits – it's cool. They're cutting nice promos, uh, so I'm I'm digging it. What about the other tag team? What about the other tag team match? Um, the Brazango and their uh, oh, uh, yeah, the, fashion uh, files. The very Miami Vice fashion files this you week. Know, I love those promos. They're hilarious. I like this tag team, but you know the Ascension is just that's my uh, reason to go to the bathroom and just go <laughs> get some popcorn or whatever, dude. Because I just have zero interest. They're not compelling at all. Uh, so. I think they need to build up the Ascension a little bit more of a powerhouse, uh, not too overpowered, but just have them as a somewhat of a potential threat to the tag team titles, but also keeping, you know, uh, Breezango strong as well. Um, there's a lot of great tag teams in the SmackDown roster, guys. It's just the way that they're utilizing them at this moment. Uh, main focus, Usos um, and New Day doing a great job, um, even though... Breezango just kind of fell off the map. I think what's holding them up is their... Uh, I love their comedic presence. Again, like James said, the fashion files. Those things are amazing. I wish more tag teams or more uh, singles wrestlers, and even for the women, would use that to build up their you know, their characters so that way we can care about them. Yeah, it reminds you of the old kind of skits they used to do back in the day, in the yep. 80s. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, and I also dig, Brza- uh, I'm sorry, Fandango's uh, Reversal Taunt. It's by far my favorite, reverse, <laughs> my favorite reversal of all time. Whenever he reverses something, he does a little hip gyration. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's better than that. <laughs> all right. And uh, so the main event, uh, at least for the WWE Championship, was Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. They trotted out a bunch of legends that were from the St. Louis area. Greg Gagne, Larry Henning, which is Mr. Perfect's dad, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, and even uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. And uh, really kind of positioning this as like, you know, Randy has to kind of step it up here. He's in his hometown. But I had a feeling that uh, he was going to lose, and sure enough, he did. This was a, a good match. And, uh, boy, when, when Randy takes on these uh, Singh brothers, he really, like, lays them out, man. I'm, I'm afraid he's going to hurt these guys for real. <laughs> They're featherweights. Like I mean, you can just <laughs> toss them around. Yes. It's so funny. Every time you, you see him mess with them, he, he destroys them in the worst possible way. It's entertaining, though. I give it that. But it looks like he's killing them. Yes, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's It was a great match. Uh, I was surprised. You know, we got to see that Jinder Mahal has a, a, a – he's capable of so much. And I want to say this. And everybody, every wrestler, everybody in that roster is capable of doing things. They just have to find out who they are and if – you know, I'm gonna say it. Talent relations wants to do anything with them. I just feel like sometimes you just gotta gotta expand their horizons, not be uh, you know, quote unquote, five moves of death. Even though we get to see you know a lot of uh, a lot of that uh, as of late um, on SmackDown and Raw, we just get to see these wrestlers just kind of performing the same all the time. Jinder Mahal like pulled out more than just a bag of tricks up his sleeve. I mean, this was really entertaining and my perspective and i enjoyed the match throughout even though it was just the uh, ending was a bit the same uh as last month's pay-per-view yeah yeah so, I, I, w- I was gonna say the same thing that ultimately i want him to kind of get a clean victory or at least him to be more involved than the bollywood boys just constantly helping out i really exactly. like what they've uh, done with gender though that how they presented him his new like his theme music his entrance oh it's a great theme yeah. song it's awesome yeah, it's awesome yeah even though, even though this has been the same theme song for a while it's just funny that you know we, we take notice now now it that has he's like more a impact as yeah it has more impact uh <laughs> yeah. this, they you know upped his entrance and i like what they've done with him he's a solid you know old-fashioned heel champion and i and i like the work he did he actually they, they were able to provide a uh, solid, you know, in-match storytelling, you know, working the legs of uh, Randy Orton. Um, you know, solid match from either of these two. And normally, I don't even like Randy Orton. He's very, you know, stale. But, he, you know, they ended up working well together. Hopefully, I'm just hoping that they finish this storyline so Jinder can be with someone else. We'll, we'll talk about in the main event stuff. Well, let's get right to it then. The main event uh, for the men's uh, Money in the Bank briefcase. What did you guys think of this? Amazing. Um bit of an odd opening sequence you know you got the uh contestants the six wrestlers coming out um and then you got you know my boy i've been saying this from day one ish uh you know the lone wolf attacking shinsuke nakamura which was really funny because the crowd went nuts you know they started you know uh singing with the song or humming what is it humming or uh they started going with the song and then you know out of nowhere you know Taking a line from Randy Orton, you know, here comes the uh, lone wolf to uh, take out Nakamura for like a good uh, three fourths of the match. And it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's something that you could easily see happening to Roman Reigns, and we would be so upset by it. We're like, oh man, Roman Reigns, he's yeah. taking a nap. <laughs> 
but somehow for this one, it was so great and very impactful when he actually came back later. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it was awesome to see that, like, everybody was uh, involved. We got, you know, some little bit of rivalries here and there or old rivalries renewed with Sami Zayn and uh, ooh, Kevin Owens. And and I mean, poor Kevin Owens. Uh he seems to take the most bumps. You sure? Yeah, he sent us ladder matches, man. Yes, sir. I mean, James, you sent us that. Like that. I hope, I'm, hopefully, I'm pronouncing this GIF right uh, through our uh, hangouts. I guess the correct term is GIF, but GIF. No, <laughs> no, no, GIF. Okay, thank you. GIF. <laughs> thank you. Okay, the GIF. <laughs> and wow, I did not realize how many times has this man? Because I mean, my God, I mean, wow. He has sacrificed his body on the ladder more than, wow, once, not even twice, not even three times. It was like about 10 times to just, whew, sacrificing his body for, you know, I would just say the greater good or just putting on a great show. And he did it again on Sunday's pay-per-view. And it was just like, my God, you know, how is this guy still alive? He took a nasty bump from Sami Zayn with that, um, what was it, like a, uh, I want to say, uh, under... No, the underarm suplex on oh, the yeah, uh, yeah. outside. Oh, oh it just him. landed on his head. I was he also just like... took a attitude adjustment from Baron Corbin too onto a ladder. Oh, that's right. Ooh, so... attitude adjustment. It was. It was pretty <laughs> much an attitude adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta call it like it is, Ron. Gotta yeah, call it like yeah. it is. <laughs> Everything about that match was just. Uh, everyone was like, you know, on point. Uh, even even Baron Corbin. You know, this guy is looking looking to be. Um, a major star in the future, even maybe uh, near future. Uh, you know, I like how they set up a uh, you know a potential feud between AJ and Shinsuke. It was like a dream match come true for WWE. They literally teased it here and there. Yeah, I don't know every, everything about that match. I thought it was uh, solid. It's one of the best matches in my opinion this year. I, even though that should be reserved for either one on one matches, um, it was one of the most entertaining you know main events of a pay per view in this particular year. There hasn't been much. To say this year, but that was one of the best ones in my opinion. Yeah, and then ultimately, uh, the Lone Wolf Baron Corbin uh, went in the suitcase. Uh, you know, I, my first instinct was like, "Oh man, him!" But you know, <laughs> I, I, I think it's more exciting when a heel has the uh, briefcase and uh, more possibilities. And I can understand they want to push this guy. You know, he, he really is the prototype. So. And it's kind of funny regarding this match because technically, uh, this type of scenario of having the money back—that's kind of a a heel thing, you know, just to come in anytime someone's tired and yeah, cash in. Kinda that's, goes more of a, yeah. that's more of a heel, you know, a natural heel motive. So it, it fits better with onto a heel as well. And I like that they're giving opportunities uh, for this, you know, SmackDown, man. You know, they, they've been surprising us with everything. Ginger Mahal's champ, Carmella, number one contender, or not number one, but Money in the Bank contender. Well, I guess Lana, too. She got a title match. And uh, Baron Corbin now. So this is the future. I like it. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, uh, kind of an uneven pay-per-view, but uh, good main events that kind of salvaged it for us. I thought it was solid. The only uneven part, I think, was just uh, Lana and the filler match between Brizongo. But other than that, everything was entertaining. All right. Okay, well, uh, we didn't get a chance to see any movies this week, but uh, James, you saw Orange is the New Black. Tell us about it. This is season Uh, five. This is season five. We actually finished the whole um, season already. That good, huh? I I like it a lot. I, I'm not sure. Did you guys see the last season by any chance? You know season what? Four? I stopped at uh, number three, and I haven't had a chance to uh, okay. catch up. I think three was the one where it kind of declined for a little bit. Right. Um, I think that's the one where it has a villain named V. Uh, that was okay. And it got better season four uh, when it got, became more relevant with the issues outside, uh, currently in the real world here. And pretty much this season, they went a different structure. 
Um, it's it it's pretty much continuing directly right uh, what happens to the events of the last season. But in this particular season five, is that the the whole season takes place within a couple of days. Uh, in prior seasons, it's you know through it follows characters through their lives in the prison for like months and years. Um, this particular season was only takes place in three days, and um, I enjoyed it a lot. It felt more of a companion piece to the last season, um, and it concludes a lot of stories and also sets up something moving forward in the future. It looks like this was to uh, make season six a reset year, so I enjoyed it. Um, I honestly thought thirteen episodes a little too long um, for this series. A lot of filler in the middle. I would say if they cut it down to ten, eight to ten episodes would have been perfect. But other than that, it's it, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I feel like that really seems to be the case with a lot of Netflix stuff is that they kind of run out of steam or have to provide filler and that 10 episodes seems to be the sweet spot like like an HBO type of a season. Uh, it's kind of weird though because I don't know why they don't do it more often but Stranger Things was a good example. That was only 8 yeah, episodes. There you go. And yeah, I, HBO and I season can like, a lot uh, of people. <laughs> uh, well, I did feel like Luke Cage after like number 10 the last few episodes just didn't have the same momentum. Right, right, I agree. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want a quick thought. Um, Better Call Sal just ended yesterday, or I'm sorry, Monday. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the best seasons on television. Oh, man. Awesome. Okay, you reminded me. I need to jump on season two. It's on Netflix. Um, very good. So Orange is the New Black, that's season five. It is available on Netflix now. It's a okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get right into TV and movie news. Uh, this was some big news. I believe this broke yesterday. Which was the Han Solo Star Wars film, the, the side story, loosed, loses its directors over creative differences. So these, these uh, directors are Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. You would recognize these guys from Lego Movie, 21 Jump Street, and 22 Jump Street. And basically, uh, there's a report in a Hollywood Reporter that, as I understand it, they, they were really trying to follow... No, actually, they have an improvisational style, which kind of is not what... Lawrence Kasdan, which is in charge of the script, he didn't want that. And he really wanted them to stick to the script. And these directors are known for kind of being a little more spur of the moment and improvising stuff. And uh, they didn't really like that. So, um, you know, hopefully this doesn't mean bad things for the movie. I was really excited about this. Uh, What do you guys think? You know, isn't Han Solo a spur of the guy moment? So I think that would have been (laughs) perfect. But, you know, it is what it is. And like you said, Ron, uh, hopefully we will get, uh, you know, a, somebody that they choose to be a perfect fit for this movie. Because I think it, it's going to be great. Uh, I, regardless. I think they, they're saying that uh, the, the headliner for the directing job is actually Ron Howard. So, I mean, at least they're replacing really? it with someone wow. Uh, wow. reputable. So that's what that's the rumor I hear so far. I don't know if it's going to happen. There's no official announcement. But I, like you, Ron, was excited for this direction they took. It was kind of inspired uh, casting in terms of the director, um, not only for the cast itself, but these people are not known for making kind of like a big budget um, science fiction movie. And I wanted to see their fresh take on it. And supposedly these guys filmed about at least 70% or 80% of the movie. So I'm curious to know if uh, whoever they hire next is just going to fill in the rest or are they going to do extensive reshoots? Because I know these movies tend to have a strict um, date of when they release. Because I believe this is next year's movie. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, next Christmas's movie. And we'll Uh, see if they'll make that. The report says sources say there are several weeks left on the shoot. With okay. reshoots scheduled for later in the summer. So, the, you know, maybe he did a half of it. 
Um, you know, but ultimately we'll see. I, I do think they always have a strong team. They know Star Wars is the franchise and they got to treat it right. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and we can remind everyone that one of the recent examples was Wonder Woman, which uh, she was not the original director, Patty Jenkins. And she kind of came in, uh, ironically enough, after leaving Thor 2 to direct uh, this, so or Wonder Woman. So, you know, there's still a chance that it can turn out to be a great movie. That's true. It sounds negative from the outlook, but it could still end up being a quality product. Yeah, all right. And uh, also next up was a trailer for Game of Thrones Season 7, which I believe is the last season. Or one either more. that or they were going to split it up in half, though. So you're going to get a shorter season. Am I right? Uh, I think it's literally just two seasons, but they're short seasons per... I'm sorry, short, short episodes per season. So okay. this one coming up, it's coming out on July 16th. I believe it's eight episodes, um, which I'm happy about because... To be honest, those Game of Thrones episodes can drag, and they had a lot of filler in those as well. It, I, you know, this last season was actually great, but every season prior, maybe um, season five and four, uh, have just felt like long slogs. Just like get to the point already. They just keep talking about oh, this. No, they're hyping I don't up feel this. Uh, no. I, because I, I, they, they, they've been talking about like this since the events as what's going on in this or what it seems like this season since the first season. And you've been, I, you know, I personally been waiting year after year. I mean, they've been doing some cool little moments in between with like shock value and things like that and, and uh, deaths. Um, but just getting to the final story arc is, you know, it's finally happening and I hope it, it pays off because, you know, it's been a long time coming and I'm excited about this season. What they showed looked very exciting and uh, hopefully the shorter episodes means less filler and get straight to the point. Yeah, we're not going to get too much into specific because I uh, purposely did not watch this trailer. I, this is something I'm super excited about. I want to go in clean and fresh. I don't want to see any type of footage. I, I, I put this right up there with Star Wars in terms of not wanting to see any kind of trailers. And I've yet to see a trailer for uh, Return of the... What is it called? Return of the Jedi? No, it's not Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Last Jedi. This upcoming hot movie, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's coming back, yo. That's how I haven't even seen the trailer. I don't even know what the damn movie's called. All right. Uh, all right. So, and then Mondo, unfortunately, you're not a fan of Game of Thrones. Am I right? I've seen season one. I was really upset that they, uh, you know, beheaded the dad. He was one of my favorite characters. Whoa, so he whoa, had... whoa, whoa. Spoilers if you haven't oh. seen Game of Thrones, guys. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they have. I'm pretty sure they have. <laughs> That's true. Oh, Who hasn't seen it? Now? Yeah, it and came also, out a long time ago. I don't know how you were surprised, Mondo. That guy, that actor, dies in everything. You're not <laughs> expecting to die in that either. No, I was actually hoping he might might stay alive. I was like, that I really dug his character. <laughs> it's all a dream. Possible. <laughs> all right, and then uh, this was a King of Fighters animated CG series. I saw the trailer on this. It seems interesting. Uh, Mondo, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Oh, man. You know, it's uh, basically the uh, origin stories of uh, Terry Bogard and his beef with uh, Geese Howard. Um, Don't want to give out too much of the uh, plot, but it's just like a rehash of the King of Fighters tournament. Uh, Again, it's an origin story. But also you get to see, um, I believe it's the uh, Kusanagi, the uh, Orochi uh, storyline there uh, integrated somehow because you do see Kyo Kusanagi, which is really awesome. So uh, it's going to be an epi- uh, 24 episodes, so it's going to be a, this cool series. I'm not sure how long these uh, animated shorts are going to be. Maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or maybe an hour each. Um, but it, it looks... Standard. It, yeah, that's true. Um, but 
um so far what i've seen from the uh trailer uh i'm hyped i'm really looking forward to this so where's this gonna air I don't know, maybe Crunchyroll or something like that. Oh, I see. <laughs> and they said sometime in the summer, so no specific dates given. It's just kind of like with the Rick and Morty, sometime in the summer. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, at least with 24 episodes, what they've shown so far seems strictly Fatal Fury-based. So I wonder if they're just going to move on from, like, Fatal Fury to Art of Fighting characters to... Yeah, one per uh, season, right? <laughs> no, No, not per season, but I meant... Per, I don't know, maybe per arc. Because in yeah. anime, there's always a lot of arcs in between. Okay. Within this. So I hope they go through that. I like, you know, I'm glad they're starting with my favorite Team USA. Uh, <laughs> Terry Bogard, Joe Higashi, and Andy Bogard. So I'm curious to see how they retell the story and how they integrate it. Because technically, they, that is the first King of Fighters tournament, which is Fatal Fury. Because um, in the game, it was called the King of Fighters as well before they made their own side game that included everybody. And um, I think Geese should be an important character. And um, I wonder how it compares to the original anime movies, which were excellent, by the way. All right. Well, it seems interesting. That was, by the way, it was in Japanese and it was had English subtitles. And I'm guessing it's going to be wherever uh, anime can be found, like Crunchyroll. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enough about TV. Let's get into games. James, you've been busy. You got a ton of stuff on this list here. Which one do you want to start off with? Uh, Me and Mondo, we started uh, Dead Space 3. Uh, I've already played this game before, but Mondo hasn't. So I'm actually more curious to hear what Mondo thought of the game. Amazing. Um, we did the co-op, uh, started this, and um, we actually did a co-stream on Mixer. And what was really cool is that um, James, since he started the uh, the invite for the co-op mission, so he's the main character. He's Isaac, and I'm this, uh, I guess, uh, I guess he's part of the military. I, I didn't get who he Calicure is. Kind of like an escort like an escort. So that was really cool. So we're seeing two different perspectives. So we're not actually, you know, uh, we're not both the main character, which I really dug because in certain sequences, like I can see uh, James in the, in the corner there on my, uh, on my stream. And I was watching his stream and it's like, you can tell who's who. And what's really great is the visuals on this game. Uh, This is how like dense I am. I'm like, like in my head, I was like, wow, this is like, these are really good graphics. It I'm still like, looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> wow, really? And, yeah, and the set pieces, you know, I, I forgot how good they were. They're like uncharted levels of set pieces. I'm pretty sure you remember like that whole beginning where you're in the snow and then that big ass, um, I don't know, the ship falling down the the, uh, the snow mountain while you're shooting backwards at it at the same time. And then there's another scene where we go zero gravity and uh, um, kind of jettison mm-hmm. in space towards uh, the derelict ship that we're going to. There's a lot of awesome moments in that game. I'm, this game is so polished. Yeah, the controls and, uh, are really, really yeah, tight. I, I, They're really for great. For being a last-gen game, I mean, it's it holds up with any game today. And there are so many different mechanics. And what's cool is that on my character will be experiencing weird things that Mondo doesn't see. And then Mondo has elements where he, his character kind of like hallucinates or something like that. And I don't mm-hmm. even know what's going on. But yeah. yeah so... Um, um, it's pretty you, interesting to see. You know, one one of the thing, the complaints that I had on that is you couldn't choose your character, and so Mondo, you you kind of have the advantage of being that second character that goes through a little bit more of those psychological moments that mm-hmm. James won't see, and you there's no select for the character, so it's always kind of going to default to the second player that's going to join you. 
Um, so you're going to have a very unique experience, Wanda, as you go through it. He's going to have to go through these like little psychological effects. Uh, right. So that was that was really cool, and I think you're gonna have a great time with that game. Yeah, uh, looking forward to beating it. And uh, they also modified the puzzles too, where it requires you both to do something. Um, there was there's a segment where I had to hold down um, this little cylinder that energizes the the main ship, and then Mondo has to use his uh, biops to turn the wheel on it at the same time while I hold it down while we're also being attacked. So they they mix it up a lot. I. I'm sad they don't make these games anymore. I just want some more. And what's nice about co-op is that it allows me it allows me and Mondo to play this game without being too scared. Yes. Because, uh, like, you know, it's it's kind of funny when we play these games. It was totally not even that scary at all. It was more thrilling and action. And we talk, we tend to talk a lot over it. So it's kind of like doing a, a live commentary or mystery science theater version of the game at the same time. So I... I you know love this backwards compatibility that allows us to relive these games, especially the ones that Mondo, either Mondo or I have never played. Yeah, uh, I I remember this game. One of my complaints about it, Mondo, is that uh, it has this kind of uh, inventory system where you have to like have scrap items, and I remember paying real money to get some uh, resources that just I couldn't find. And you know, this is easy operations. I didn't have time to go grinding this game. And so I had to cash out a little bit of extra money to get a couple of resources so that I could power up my weapons. And now we know why you don't like microtransactions. (laughs) (laughs) You're part of the problem, Ron. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about it uh, even further once we beat the game. All right. And uh, at E3, one of the big things was they had uh, shown a little bit more of the storyline trailer of Marvel vs. Capcom. And at the same time, they launched... A uh, Marvel's Capcom Infinite, I should add. They launched the, or they released the demo, and uh, both of you guys had a chance to try this out. What did you think? Um, I thought this. Eh, I'm a little iffy. Uh, I got to play the uh, story mode, and uh, you know, bits and pieces here and there. Um, what got to me was like the they didn't really expand on the character voices. They're, they're just so uh, they're pretty much stale. Just uh, <laughs> like no emotion. They're just like, oh look over there. Um, Dante's character, I believe he's still being played by the same uh, voice actor, which kind of gave him uh, more of a uh, uh, a good, you know, I want to say I, I kind of was more in touch with his character as opposed to all the others. They just seem like Jones to me. As far as the actual gameplay is concerned, um, it was a little different. Um, I was able to use some of the, you know, some of the special moves, uh, even though some of the uh, characters' uh, movesets did change a bit, uh, especially Thor's. Um, also Rocket. Oh, see, uh, with Rocket, I couldn't pull off anything because I, I was never really a, a Rocket user, Rocket Raccoon user. So um, I'm just a little iffy, just the stones and the overall gameplay. I need to have more time with just like uh, a few mains just so I can get my actual input into the, the fight system there. So how much do you actually get into? How much do you actually get in this demo? Like how many characters, or how far into the story can you go? Let me explain a little bit more on that. Um, yeah. It's primarily a story demo. Uh-huh. Um, so basically, it gives you an example of how the story plays, and then it, it's trying to emulate the nether, uh, you know, the standard nether realm system where it shows you a cutscene, and then you end up being that character um, for the match. So there's like you go through maybe like seven six characters during this demo which is pretty oh, decent nice um and actually technically more because you're two characters at a time and then you can swap it but there's about six fights in this demo and i agree with mondo the story mode it looks like garbage to me <laughs> um 
it's just like the Capcom one that's on Street Fighter Five. It's very hammy, very cheesy. Uh, yeah. They didn't look like they put too much work in the in the voice acting and the story. It's just a reason to get into the fights. But I, where I do differ with Mondo's, I really do enjoy this fighting system. It's less uh, mashy compared to Ultimate versus. I'm sorry, compared to Marvel vs. Capcom Three, it's less chaotic. It looks like you can do a little bit more control. It kind of feels more like traditional Marvel vs. Capcom in comparison to Marvel vs. Capcom 2, 3, uh, in my opinion. And I do like the additions of the stones. Uh, it brings me back to, you know, the original Marvel vs. Capcom. Was that the one that had the zone? Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Super or Marvel Super Heroes? Yeah, yeah. yeah Marvel Super Heroes. Kind of where they all have different effects. Um, I do like... I, I'm not sure if it's like this in the full game or not. Uh in just the outside of the story, but there's kind of like a dramatic battle system, kind of like a alpha series where you can fight multiple people that are on screen at once. Um, oh, so in cool. the story you fight Ultron. So there's sometimes there's just two Ultrons on the screen at the same time. So you fight both of them, or I'm not sure if you're going to be able to remember like in the old, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom one, where you can have all four characters at once when you do that special. Yes. I'm curious to know if it gets there. But I do like the gameplay. I don't know what what's up, what they did with the modeling. Um, the graphics look great. Like, in motion, it looks great. But they, like, their faces look kind of funky. And yeah. Not everybody. Not everybody. A lot of people look great, actually. Just, like, like ones that you're used to. Like, Chun-Li. She looks kind of weird. Um, and uh, the faces. Maybe it's just the girls. Uh, Captain Marvel and Chun-Li's faces. They look kind of weird to me. Um, that's just me. But it's more the animation motion, system than you know. No, the animation no. looks fine. I'm, the yeah, face, just, uh, the face itself. Okay. Uh, like if you look at it, it just looks kind of whack. Um, yeah. But other than that, I I'm pretty pumped for the game. I do like this gameplay a lot, uh, and it looks like it's a little bit more easier to get into because it's less chaotic, in my opinion. Um, but the story does look like it's not worth the time. But, you know, I got to go through it. That's just me. I, li- I like these things. I'm just curious to see how they end up being. And it looks like uh, Ultron Sigma is the main bad guy in this. Yeah, so he's like, is he combined with Mega Man Sigma or something? Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like it. And uh, you kind of fight him in the demo, but I, I guess it's storyline-wise you, you have to lose against yeah. him. And it continues to move forward. But uh, it teases you on that. I'm assuming that's just like the very beginning. But I don't even know. Like, the whole setup seems stupid. It's just like a, a fan fiction. For whatever reason, Mega Man is with Thor and... The fight, and just like, yeah. like okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what's cool with Rocket, uh, like I, men- I mentioned a little earlier, is that he has a different moveset compared to Marvel vs. Capcom 3, where his moves are, uh, they have Groot come out with it. So a lot of uh, moves um, send out Groot to do some moves. So it's it's kind of like a double character you're getting with Rocket. So yeah, I couldn't even get any move to bring out Groot. I was like trying everything from like the, you know, traditional Hadouken, Shoryuken. I was like, uh, nothing's coming out. <laughs> I do like they also they went reverted back to the um, le- uh, light punch, heavy punch, er, and then le- light kick, heavy kick format rather than light, medium, heavy attack plus a launcher. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, what's kind of cool too is that when you bring someone out, when you tag someone in, you can continue to keep doing combos while you're bringing that other person uh, to continue the combo even further. It almost feels like the old tech and tag style system where you are mid combo. And then you could tag someone temporarily to do like a combo, combo, combo. And then you, that guy just leaves and you continue to use the main guy. It's pretty cool. I, I dig it. Seems like a little bit more depth in terms of the combo system. 
Wasn't that in uh, Marvel superheroes versus uh, Street Fighter? You can continue the combo with the second character. Am I am I remembering? Correctly? I don't remember. Okay, no worries. All right. Well, this sounds interesting. I'm gonna definitely download this demo, and that's for the PlayStation Four only. Unfortunately, for the demo. No, it's on. A, no, it's on 360. That's on the one. That's what me and Mondo played. On. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Cool. I'll try it out. And All also right. on the 360, just in case. And so, uh, next up is Horizon Zero Dawn. James, you picked this up. What made you get this game? Uh, the sale. So, okay. it was on sale late, uh, recently. So, I know that price is uh, as good as it's going to get for a while. Um, so, I went and jumped in on it. I like it a lot. It's pretty much Tomb Raider with a little bit of, uh, what do you say? I guess the, 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 the cliche mechanic where it's kind of like Detective Vision. We kind of go in that mode, like Assassin's Creed and all that stuff. I don't know what that term is, or, or Arkham. Um, but I enjoy it a lot. It's very much Tomb Raider-ish to me with the interesting story. Um, the faces for that Ross guy kind of looks kind of weird to me. Maybe it's its eyes. I don't know. Uh, but the graphics are pretty amazing outside of some of the facial things. Uh, in Which my character was? Uh, the, dude, the, the dude that takes care of you oh, for a while. Oh, really? I, I yeah. didn't have a problem with him. He had some weird eyes. Like His eyes are always like open. <laughs> <laughs> like like um like very like they're like in shock or something. But okay. other than that, okay, the, I, yeah. The, <laughs> other than that, the, the gameplay is pretty solid. I so how enjoyed, far did you get? Uh, I'm a little bit past um when you're a little girl and you get you, your first time being adults going into the trial. A little bit past the trial. Okay, the, so you haven't uh, really thing. ventured out into the open world. Not uh, yet. Okay. Yeah. So it feels uh, yeah. as as I'm going. It feels more of the linear. It's very yeah. linear at the moment. Um, but I can see it very like just by the gameplay because it's pretty much an overlong tutorial. It feels very very Tomb Raider ish, which I don't mind. Um, I just hope there's something to mix it up other than uh, there is combat. because the well, it's going to rely on the the weaknesses of each of the uh, robots that you run into, and you have to take them down in in unique ways. And you can mostly initiate the battles. Of course, if they see you, you're gonna uh, you know aggro them, uh, but. You can choose when you want to start the battle if they haven't shown you, and you could set up traps if you like. You want to cater to their certain weak points, and uh, each one has like an elemental weakness. So I think that's where it has a little bit more depth, um, and you want to fight these guys because they're going to drop the resources that you need to upgrade your weapons. Um, I, I'm, I'm still going through this game. I enjoy it very much. Um, I, I like it so much that this is a rare thing, but I really do like doing every single story mission. Um, and I'm sorry, not story mission, but the side missions, they all seem like they, they give you a reasonable, uh, reason to go do it. It, it helps you explore different parts of this world and, uh, I'm going with it. I'm going to try to hundred percent this game. Nice. It's pretty solid. I, so far my initial impressions is solid. Um, I just hope there's more to it than just that combat. So we'll see. I haven't gotten all right. that. Okay. Uh, next up is until dawn. I'm not familiar with this game. Uh, this is actually a game that came out maybe like two, three years ago. I also got this on sale. Those I think it was like eight bucks or nine bucks or so. It's kind of like a Telltale s game, but a horror themed one. I really dig it. It's pretty fun. It's a silly, uh, cliche teen horror setup where like these kids go into a cabin and then there's a killer out there, and you get you kind of control each one of them and you uh, do conversations. You pick. Um, uh, uh, dialogue trees that affect the story and then it uh you can you can try to get everyone alive by the end of the game it's it's a silly game i enjoyed quite a lot it actually has a lot of actors in it um like main actors like the hayden panettiere 
tier from Heroes is in it. Uh, the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in it. And Mr. Robot. Uh, it's entertaining. It's a very, you know, cheesy game. It's definitely worth the 8 bucks. I wouldn't pay like a full 60 for it. But if you like, you know, Telltale, alternate, paths, uh, butterfly effect style games, uh, I would recommend it. And if you like, especially if you like uh, campy horror stories, which I'm totally digging. Because there's a lot of these cheap jump scares. It's not a s- terrifying game, like something like Dead Space. That game's terrifying sometimes when you play it by yourself. This game's more of like, oh, it, it just jumps at you like a, you know, like a jump scare, which I find entertaining. So, um, you know, definitely worth the sale price, I would say. All right. And Rogue Legacy, I could have sworn you had this game already, James. I did, and I bought it again on Xbox. Oh, One really? <laughs> I think you would like this game, uh, Ron. It's pretty much Castlevania, like the old school um, Symphony of the Night style, but with a cool twist. Uh, it, right now, it's $2.50, somewhere around there. So even I, at that price, Ron, I should just jump on it on impulse buy. It's the the gimmick of this game is that you, it's same thing with something that you go into a castle and you kill um, skeletons and all that stuff. But every time you die, you kind of start over in the beginning of the castle, but with a different trait. So the 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 setup of this game is that you're a knight, and when you die, your your de- your uh, descendants come back to the castle, and each time you spawn again, you choose a descendant with a different um, kind of like a problem or kind of a trait. Some can be pro, some can be con. Like this one guy, he'll have um, uh, dwarfism, so he's very tall, or giganticism. Another one will be a uh, he's nearsighted, so everything around him is kind of blurry. Uh, but sometimes someone will say, oh, he uh, he or she will is has ADHD, so you have to like break things in the in the room to get your health back or mana back. So it's it's a it's and then every time you keep playing, you say you you. You keep the gold that you um, keep after, as you die, and then you can use that to level up your guy. So every time you keep playing, you're already getting more powered and overpowered until you get to the point where you're skilled enough or high enough level to buy new gear um, and just power through the levels. I think you enjoyed it. It's only $2 or $0.50. I would recommend it, Ron. Well, here's my concern is that the fact that you mentioned that dying is part of the process, does this mean mm-hmm. you're constantly redoing the same content and you, no. you're not really meant to get far in it? Uh, maybe not in the beginning, but every, the level, the castle keeps, it's, this is also part of the gimmick. The castle keeps changing every time. Oh, I see. Uh, so it, it's, it's random every time. And there's even a perk that you can get where you can unlock an architect, which will lock down the castle. So in case you went through pretty far and you remember the map routes, because it's kind of the Castlevania map where you see the, the rooms that you love, uh, unlocked and you keep moving forward. So it unlocks more. You can lock down the castle in case, uh, you need to go back and you, you're aware where everything is on that map. I think you will like it. It doesn't see. It's not a very long game. Uh, I think they did that on purpose because you know you could be coming playing back, and it's always randomly generated. But um, you know, give it a shot. Two bucks, man. All right, it sounds interesting for two bucks. What system is it on? Uh, th- uh, Xbox One. Xbox One. All but right. the sale ends on Monday, so otherwise Next it goes Monday. back to twenty bucks. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. All right, well that's gonna do it for games, and uh, but let's talk about game news. Super Ultra Dead Rising. Four mini golf. That is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, this this is basically a fun, exaggerated mini golf game set in the Dead Rising universe. I like these type of uh, exaggerated mini golf games in general. You know, when you're like shooting things in space and all that. So this looks really fun. I'm interested in it. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, same thing. It's it's. I like what they do with these Dead Rising expansions. Wasn't it last one they did that super ultra something Dead Rising three where they had the Capcom fight, like characters in there, 
like they had Ryu or something and yeah, uh, I actually Hagar. bought that, and uh, it was more like a like a traditional old school beat 'em up, and you uh, oh yeah, they made like and... Streets of Rage or Final Fight, right? Yep. So that was pretty fun. It was like a throwback and a paying homage to those type of games, which is really cool. So yeah, is man, this, can can this be standalone, or you have to have Dead Rising Four? I think it is uh, an expansion to Dead Rising. Oh, I see. So okay. in, in this particular case, if you are interested, maybe wait till Dead Rising itself is on sale yeah. or the whole collection. So, But it does look like a fun addition to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we mentioned this uh, a long time ago when Final Fantasy 15, which one is it? I lost my numbers here. 15. <laughs> when Final Fantasy 15 was out, that it had this incomplete chapter um, that was basically going to tie up a... a portion of the game that would didn't make much sense and so it's it's finally coming out um who's made it to this point that can take advantage of it i know you guys are both playing this game uh let me correct you there that already came out a long time ago it, it was what actually is, a fix to a then? chapter this is uh <laughs> this is the second of the dlc expansions just a different story uh altogether to the game just that features one of the characters in it but it doesn't uh belong in the main story of the game okay all right did you see the trailer by any chance i did it's crazy in this this particular uh, episode, I guess you could say. Uh, DLC it pretty much changes the game. It's it looks like a sh- it's a shooter, which is interesting. So it becomes pretty much Metal Gear. It looks like he's going into a snow base of sorts, and there's like mechs and things. So I mean, it's interesting. It's uh, I-, I wish this can be played more standalone than having to have the game because I don't know if I can get through Final Fantasy 15. But at least this looks interesting. I want I'm curious to see how the shooter mechanics uh, end up being. Yeah, that's the thing. It kind of requires you to pass it. Mondo, how far did you get in this? Um, whew, not too far. Um, like I said, when I went into the uh, glitched uh, cave, oh, yes, there, <laughs> I haven't touched it since. So, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. But the uh, trailer looks great. Uh, hopefully, it's not doesn't play like uh, Final Fantasy Dirge of Cerberus with that type of uh, gunplay. Well, that's like PS2 era. <laughs> yeah, I think by now they'd, they'd be better. And I think uh, these episodes, because uh, there's one that was on episode Gladio, which is another character that came out recently. You can play this without having to go through the story. Apparently, you can select it from the main menu. From what I hear. Okay, but uh, but ultimately it picks up from the ending, correct? I don't know. So I can't tell you that, but they look okay. like they all look standalone because they don't involve any other character in the game other than that, you know, the one person that it focuses on. All right. Well, uh, keep an eye on this one. If you've passed Final Fantasy 15 or if you have it, uh, let us know in the comments if you can, if uh, if you've played it. Uh, next up is Path of Exile for Xbox One. This looks like a Diablo uh, clone. But uh, with a lot of different classes and even subclasses, this looks kind of interesting. I agree. It looks real good, actually. It's actually developed by the D- Diablo 2 guy. So it has a lot of the, uh, the hardcoreness of that second game compared to the third one. But, uh, I, you know, it looks awesome. I, it's, it looks like it's super in-depth. Did you see that skill tree that they had oh, on there yeah. and all the classes? Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to hear that, about that. And it's five-player co-op. So I'm all in. I love these type of games. They're pretty addicting. Just to just uh, go around, you know, I know it's kind of mindless hacking, but at least you there's a kind of a, a hook in line with getting the you know the loot and gear to them and just completing the game and leveling up your characters and there's so many classes so it's worth even trying with different characters to find which one i like hack and now, slash this, uh, like dynasty warriors uh, uh it's more like diablo yeah. more like diablo <laughs> now is this xbox one exclusive no it's for actually good question i think it's out first on xbox okay all right uh and next up was fortnite uh you know releases on july 25th 
this is a game that is kind of like your kids, but you have weapons, and it's kind of like a quirky game with zombies and stuff. Uh, this is not for me because of this base building aspect. I just, I'm not a Minecraft fan. I don't like building stuff. I didn't use that in Fallout 4. This is not for me. What do you guys think? What I'll if it was just Ron, uh, not Ron, uh, Mondo and I doing the base building while you were just protecting us? I, I could, work out that that way. could be interesting. That could be interesting. I'd be open yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, but other than the base building, the actual game looks pretty fun. It looks like, you know, like you mentioned, a little mishmash of everything. It seems like there's a Borderlands-style uh, shooter uh, co-op with, uh, you know, with loot. And I guess the loophole is to get loot so you can upgrade your bases. And it looks like you go out exploring different areas to get loot uh, to, you know, fortify your fort. It looks like you can make it any way you want, which is also a special thing and I guess looks like you can get uh, craft weapons at the same time. I don't know. It looks really fun to me. Um, I'm looking forward to this one a lot. And if you join us, Ron, you don't have to build anything. Uh, Mondo yeah. and I will do it and you could just cover us. Oh, it looks like it also has a lot of uh, tower defense or in this, uh, where you, you know, I guess you can get turrets and um, I'm not exactly sure how the gameplay is. I, I don't know how that works. I feel, I feel like it's at night these zombies come out to your fort, but it looks like in the daytime you go out and explore. So I'm um, curious to see how, how uh, what the hooks are. Yeah, well, that's going to come out on July 25th uh, on most just about every system, it says. And they said that it's uh, going to be free at launch. Oh, nice. interesting. Would you jump on that? Well, yeah, let's see how they monetize it, but uh, I'm open to it. Microtransactions, baby. All right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, and next up is Sega Forever. This is a free retro game collection for uh, iOS and Google Play or Android phones. And uh, basically, you can get uh, a number of classic Sega games, and they mentioned that they're going to be different systems, so it's not just Sega Genesis. But it's going to launch with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, Comic Zone, Alter Beast, Kid Chameleon, and Fantasy Star 2. Uh, I'm going to take a hard pass on this mostly because number one, I'm not too into mobile games. I just feel like when you don't have a controller, it's not the same. And although this does support a controller support, I'm not trying to hook up a controller to my phone. And ultimately, I don't think these games lend themselves to a mobile format. Uh, you know, if they had columns on here, a little gems game, that might be something different, but it's going to be free to play. And if you Want to pay money, you will remove the ads on it. So that's how they're funding it is through ads. What do you guys think? I agree about the mobile gaming aspect, but I do appreciate that they're giving out these games for free. Uh, Maybe introduce a new generation to these games and they don't have to pay for it. easy. And it seems like they're either rotating or adding games monthly. Is that what's going on? Uh, Yeah, they're going to kind of... uh add games i don't know what the timetable is uh but oh, oh hold on now uh every two weeks it's, it says here oh wow two weeks even better yeah and it's you know you know better than what nintendo's offering they're not you have to buy their <laughs> games so i mean this is at least a good option for a majority of people who has a phone at their hand i don't know how it controls but i mean it's a nice way to play the classics yeah, one of the uh, titles uh, that got my attention. I, I don't know if you guys were a huge fan, but I was a huge fan of Kid Chameleon. I thought that game was pretty yes, awesome. Yeah. So I am gonna definitely check this out, and hopefully the uh, you know the controls on the mobile phone aren't too uh, janky or quirky. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Which was your favorite helmet in uh, Kid Chameleon? Hmm? What was it? I'm sorry. Which was your favorite helmet? Ah oh, man, there there were so many. Uh, fuck. I like <laughs> the rhino, rhino one. Where you can break through walls, and uh, one where you kind of like Cyclops, you can shoot lasers from your eyes. 
yeah, know, but ulti- ultimately, if you want, if people are really interested in these games, I would say, you know, I, I don't know if it's backwards compatible, but if you have an Xbox 360 or PlayStation 4, hunt down that Sega Genesis collection. It had a ton of games on there. It was easy to actually get a platinum. I have it for PlayStation <laughs> to get all the platinum trophies. Uh, and uh, it's just, it had a great collection and you can have a legitimate controller there and you can really explore those games. So you know, but if you just need something to mess around with, it is free. So take a look. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, please like our Facebook page or give us show feedback. Let us know if you agree, you disagree with us. And that's at uh, easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for us this for this week. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>